Welcome back to Grizzidi Interactive Podcasts. My name is Akanksha Das and I'm a content marketer at Grizzidi. This is episode 2 of our podcast series GDPR the Sprint and the Marathon and it's called Grasping the European Union Data Subject Rights. In our last podcast we talked about the basic attributes under the European Union General Data Protection Regulation. We've already established that GDPR isn't just a buzzword anymore. No one in the global market is oblivious to it since all businesses are now required to be GDPR compliant. Today, we're going to touch base on the European Union data subject rights because your compliance strategy needs to be in sync with those rights. With me is Karamjeet Singh Khosa, who we refer to as Karam. He's a content marketing lead at Grizzidi and my boss too. Hi Karam, glad you could join in today. Hi Akanksha. Thank you for having me. GDPR grants people the European Union citizens a range of particular data subject rights that they can exercise under certain conditions. And GDPR empowers individuals with these rights to help them be assured of the privacy and protection of their personal data. Uh, just so they could be at peace with knowing that their personal information is not being misused for any purpose besides the legitimate reason it was provided for in the first place uh, since we're this 15 second generation today karam and i are going to take you through eight of these fundamental rights in as few words as possible karam shall we absolutely akanksha the first one of these rights is the right to access this means that individuals have the right to access their personal data and supplementary information i believe that this would empower the data subjects and is a step ahead in data transparency because they can obtain information from the data controller asking if personal data concerning them is being processed and if it is in fact the case then where and for what purpose is it being processed and also to verify the lawfulness of the processing if the individual requests for this information you would need to provide them with it at no charge in a commonly used electronic format without any delay within one calendar month of receiving the request right with this the individuals get the right to view their personal data and also request copies of it moving on let's talk about the second right and an important one at that which is the right to be forgotten i have to admit i like the sound of it i figured you would the european union too read your mind didn't it <laughs> i guess they did well coming back to it also referred to as data erasure the right to be forgotten gives an individual the liberty to have data controller erase their personal data seize for the dissemination of the data and potentially have third parties terminate processing of the data eternal sunshine of the spotless mind isn't it hmm i like that analogy thanks we are talking no fiction but the real world here we live and operationalize in a highly connected data sphere especially in areas like publicly available data data driven marketing and even an enterprise data context therefore i feel data erasure is a tricky concept and possibly the most complex data subject right to work around tricky is right karam as for the controllers upon receiving a data erasure request 
they need to compare the individual's rights to the public interest in the availability of the data. This would primarily be applicable to situations where a customer relationship has ended. Also, this isn't an absolute right because it may depend on the organization's retention schedule and retention period in line with other applicable laws. So, if an individual decides to exercise their right to be forgotten, your business must have a system to securely dispose of the personal data that is redundant or the data subject has asked you to raise it. Let's talk about the scenarios in which one can request the erasure of personal data. Akanksha, would you quickly take us through those? Absolutely. So these scenarios are when an individual withdraws consent or when the data no longer serves the purpose for which it was collected or processed in the first place, or when it was unlawfully processed, or when the individual has an objection to the processing of the data, or when there's a legal obligation to comply with. Right on. Another one of the rights is the right for data portability. Most of the data subject rights existed in the directive, but this one is new and at the risk of sounding too far-fetched, it's ambitious too. This right enables the individual to transmit their personal data to another controller from the current one and also to receive the data that they had previously provided to a controller in a structured, commonly used and machine-readable format. And adding on to your point of this right being ambitious, Karam, uh, we need to consider the fact that we are in a digital era of digitization and digital transformation, and personal data has become a part of virtually all areas of life. So it shouldn't be surprising that data portability is about automated data processing and digital data. Moving on from that to the next right, which is the right to object. Uh, this implies that individuals have the right to object to processing um, based on permissible interests or carrying out a task in public interest or exercise of official authority and data processing for scientific or historic research and statistics. Individuals also have the right to object to any processing done for the purpose of direct marketing, which includes profiling too. In this case, the organization needs to stop the processing as soon as the objection is received. There aren't any grounds to refuse or any grounds for exoneration. Organizations would need to have procedures to handle these data processing objections. There's an exception though to this right which works in favor of the organizations. In case of data processing, based on all these scenarios that you just mentioned, Akanksha, the companies may continue to process data if uh, they can exhibit strong and irrefutable grounds for the processing that override the rights, freedom and interests of the individual. You can also continue to process data if it is for the formation, exercise or defense of the legal claims. Well said, Karam. Another right that we'd like to discuss is the right to withdraw consent. Uh, this right gives the data subjects the right to withdraw a previously given consent for processing of their personal information for a purpose, um, any purpose that is. 
If an individual decides to exercise this right, then the organization would need to stop the processing of the data that was based on the consent provided before. The next one is the right to rectification and data quality. At the risk of sounding like a content nerd... Wait, there's no risk there. You are one. <laughs> risk averted then. So, as I was saying, under Article 16 of GDPR, the right to rectification enables the individual to ask for modifications or rectifications to their personal data if they believe that it's not accurate or up-to-date. This would depend on the purpose of processing too. So, if you receive a data rectification request, you as an organization should take reasonable steps to satisfy yourself that the data is accurate and then rectify it if necessary. And needless to say, take into account the arguments and evidence provided by the individual. Akanksha, uh, how do you quickly touch base on the situations where you require to regulate the processing of data? Uh-huh, sure. These situations are where an individual disputes the accuracy of the personal data and restricts uh, the processing until you've verified the accuracy of the data in question. Or where processing is illegitimate and the individual requests restriction of the data instead of data erasure. Or where an individual raises an objection to the processing and you're contemplating if your business has legitimate grounds that can override the grounds of objection of the individual. Or in case you no longer need the data, however, the individual needs it to be retained to enable them to demonstrate, exercise, or defend a legal claim. With that said, I feel organizations need to really determine the fine line between the right to object and the right to restrict processing to ensure it does not disrupt the smooth flow of their business processes. So having procedures in place to respond to an individual's request to restrict processing is ever so important. Also, please remember that as an organization, you're entitled to store the data but not further process it in case you receive a restriction request. You can retain just enough information about the data subject to ensure that the restriction is respected in the foreseeable future. Well said, Karam. I'd also like to talk about the rights related to automated decision-making, including profiling. So GDPR provides a safety net for individuals against a risk that a potentially damaging decision is taken without human intervention. There are two scenarios where an individual can exercise the right to not subject to a decision. Uh, number one, when the decision is based on automated processing, or number two, when the decision produces a legal or significant effect on the individual. Karam, are there any exceptions to these scenarios that spring to mind? Indeed, there are. So, automated decision does not apply when it is authorized by law. For instance, in the case of fraud or tax evasion prevention. Or when the decision is based on the data subject's explicit consent and the business has taken all appropriate measures to safeguard the individual's rights, freedom, and admissible interests. Or when the decision is mandatory for entering into a contract between the individual and the business. Therefore, 
once your business has identified if any of your processing activities involve automated decision making your suitable measures must obtain human intervention so that they can express their point of view with an explanation of the decision and the ability to challenge their decision as well coming on to the second part of it which is profiling let's understand what it means first so gdpr defines it as any form of uh, automated processing that evaluates personal aspects of an individual uh, particularly to analyze their performance at work or economic situation their location their behavior their health their movements or personal preferences i'd suggest particular caution when you're using automated decision making in relation to a minor now the last and the most important right which is the right to be informed at all times individuals need to know that their data is collected who it is shared with and why it is processed this information needs to be published uh, in the privacy notices on your website and within any forms or letters that are sent across to individuals this information should be crisp concise transparent and easily accessible write it in a clear plain and explicit language and this notice needs to be free of charge as an organization you need to be careful while supplying information in these notices as it's identified by how you received the individual's data in the first place that is directly or through a third party also uh, a customer may ask you for the list of processors with whom their personal data is being shared and you just had to provide them with it no questions asked now just before we let you go we'd also like to tell you as to who can make a rights request it could be made by an individual or the individual's legal representative the individual could be a customer an employee a supplier or an employee of the supplier working for the company such a request should be made in writing which is pretty much a given good point akanksha after the discussion we had today i think it's safe to say that data subject rights form the core of gdpr and the organizations must implement these rights with subject to their individual clients employees and personals from third party suppliers you need assistance building and executing your gdpr compliance plan You can reach us at www.grazidi.com or info@grazidi.com. And Karam, thank you again for joining in today. Thank you again for having me. And to all our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today and please let us know your questions via comments. For now, this is Akanksha along with Karam signing off. Be sure to stay tuned for our next podcast on another interesting insight about GDPR. Until next time, Ciao